Sometimes I get so nervous when I'm up here that I don't know the password to my computer. That's how, that's how silly this is. Man, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for hosting me so well. Um, if you keep treating me this good, I'm going to come back and, um, and, and not even speak. I'm just going to come and attend just to, just to hang out with you guys. Um, it was, it's been wonderful. I've enjoyed uh, hanging out with you. And I wish I could have gone to all of the sessions, uh, the breakout sessions, but um, I'm only one person. I figured that out today for the first time. And so I was struggling. I was struggling trying to figure out where I was going to go. And I went outside and I just took a deep breath and I'm just like, Lord, guide me. And he didn't say anything. <laughs> so I just, I went to the room that was closest to where I was standing over there. So, and it was awesome. And so I believe all of them were awesome. I've heard great feedback from all of them. Um, and um, the, the sessions that, have, that I've been doing, uh, I don't know if they've been awesome, but it's been good to be in them with you. And I believe that God, um, his word is very powerful and I'm excited to be able to look at it again with you. I think God is not done. There is still more that he is going to give you tonight um, and so I just, I want to just pray to get our hearts ready. I just feel like there's something very, very specific. And if we get distracted, we're going to miss it. So let's just pray and, and let's focus on what God's doing. Lord, thank you so much for my life. Thank you for the lives of my friends that are here. Lord, maybe yesterday I didn't know if we were going to be friends yet because we didn't know each other well, but we've been hanging out and people had the chance to not come back. And they came back, and so I just thank you, God, for the friendship that you're building here with this community between us. And I just ask, Lord, that you would speak clearly to us. Thank you that we can be together uh, in, in this time. Thank you for showing up, Lord. You, you are our life. Your love is amazing. And so I just ask, Lord, that you would help us on this journey. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So this is a very important part of our retreat um, because when God pours into you, it is not just for you, okay? It's not just for you, but this is the beauty of the God that we serve. He's a good father. This morning we were singing, you are good, you are good. See, I'm not singing it this time because you know, some of you are like, come on, give us another track, bro. Sing a little ditty. No, okay? I already sing a Casey and JoJo and so I'm not singing, you are good, you are good. Oh, I'm not going to do it because I'm more of a rapper. <clears throat> but when we're singing that, it, it's, it's such a simple truth. But man, that is, that is where it's at. That's the God that we serve. And when we go back to this triangle, this is the last session, okay? So indulge me. I don't even think that's a good word, but... I already, it's, it's out there. Just, just hang with me for a second as we look at this triangle and just think about that it all broke down because Satan told Eve things that made her doubt God's goodness. I mean, think about it. He could have just come at her without anything. It could have just been a mental battle. I don't know if you guys have had mental battles. I've had some of those. But there was a tangible element involved and there was a relational thing that was going on between her and Adam. They're both there. And, and they were in this relational dynamic. And Adam didn't say, hey, hold up, girl. 
I don't think we should do that. Like, I, I know you weren't here yet, and, you know, I know you'd be looking good, but, like, we probably should eat that. Like, there's a lot of other trees. And notice what Satan does is he overstates God's rules. So just like a lot of you have felt that if you're a Christian or if you have a deep relationship with God, that you can't have any fun. You know, oh, God, God doesn't let you do anything. And Satan comes and says, Didn't God, God said that you can't eat from any of these trees. And she's like, no, 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 that's not what he said. She comes back with truth. And I'm just like, I'm reading that. I'm like, good job, Eve. You tell him. You tell him. But he keeps going. And he started off with overstatement. And that was enough to bring doubt. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of us, some of your deepest wounds in this life will be in the context of relational dynamics. And some of the greatest healing that you'll ever experience will be in relational dynamics. Because Adam was there with Eve. They were together. I know we give, you know, we throw shade, you know, get it, tree, shade, shade. Um, we throw shade at Eve, but Adam was there. There was, there was a relationship that was there, you know? It, there was, there was, it was I, I, sometimes because I'm, I'm a curious and imaginative person, I'm like, Man, what if Adam would have said, no, please, let's go home. Like, this is a big decision. If we are going to do this, let's go think about it first. Right? I mean, people don't even just buy houses like in one, maybe some people do. Yeah, they buy houses or a car in one day. But they didn't even think about it. What if Adam would have intervened? Or what if Eve would have said, Adam, what do you think? And they would have had a discussion about it. Things would have changed. And what if, what if at, after all the sin had happened, God would have said, hey, Adam, what happened? Who told you, you know, you weren't wearing nothing? What if he would have been like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. This is, this is me. I'm the leader. I just want to take responsibility for this. Like, this is my wife. You gave her to me. I should have been there for her. I should have told her the truth. I should have reminded her of what you've given us and what you've done for us. And, and I, just, I just want you to know, like, it's, it's not her. It was me. I was the leader. I take full responsibility for this. Eve would have been like, God, hold up. I got to just, I'm going to give this guy, and kiss him. She'd be like, what a man. Look at this guy. He ain't got a belly button. But he's got guts. He's got guts. But no, that's not what he did. The woman, it's her bad. What if Eve would have said, yeah, I take responsibility. It was, it was my bad. You know, but I am disappointed in, in Adam, though, just so you know, God. You know, what if, it, it, what if it would have been a healthy conversation? They would have been in sin, but their marriage could have been saved. That's what I'm talking about tonight. When we help others, when we're in that, you cannot help people if you don't practice what you preach. You cannot help people if you don't practice what you teach. And so we need to walk this out. And I'm not talking about, there's an there's a overstatement of like people saying, look, 
since I'm human and I'm still in process and I make mistakes, I probably shouldn't just, I should, probably shouldn't even walk with Jesus anymore because I can't be perfect. That is a lie. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you need to practice it. You need to walk out the principles every day that God's word gives you so that we can help others. And this is the beauty of it, that God doesn't want you to help others so that he can use you and abuse you. He wants to help others because the more that you help them, the deeper it goes in you, and it's mutually beneficial. That, that's the healthiest relationship. Some of you have had those moments in small groups where you realize that you're encouraging someone else but it is, it's, it's like there's this boomerang. There's this boomerang that you're getting encouraged too. You're getting fired up because you're giving and you're getting and you're giving and you're getting. And the more that you give, the more that you get. That is a healthy relationship. Some of you have been in dating relationships like that. Some of you are in dating relationships like that right now. Some of you are married and you're experiencing that. But that is God's goal. And you know what? Because of all of the pain that I've been through, one of my frequent prayers in my pain, even after knowing Jesus, was, Jesus, please heal me to the point that I would not need anybody else. Please help me so that I don't need to rely on anybody, so that I don't have to trust anybody, so that I never have to open up to anybody. I mean, imagine if you were listening into those prayers of young Peter. It's like, I really thought that Jesus would answer those prayers. I don't know what smile Jesus was making at me, but I'm sure it, was, I'm sure it wasn't a like, dude, this guy's stupid. I think it was more of like, a, oh, man, you're still so wounded. Because the reality is, is that you have to be healthy enough to get healthier. You have to get healthy enough. So God has to walk you through a certain point in your transformation journey for you to make healthy decisions to get healthier than that. And that's why I talk about there being another level of healing. And my prayer is that at some point, even after I'm already gone, God is walking you through other levels of healing, other levels of transformation. Because you know what? God did not answer my prayer. I kept on needing people. And I felt like God was abandoning me. I'm like, God, I'm, is there something still missing? That's why I told you that it was not good for man to be alone. And it wasn't just that it wasn't good for man to be alone. And, and he was not talking about singleness. He was talking about humanity. Some of you will get married. Some of you won't. Jesus didn't get married. I don't think it would have been wrong for him to get married. But he only had a certain amount of time. So Paul talks a lot about that. We can't pedestal marriage, and we can't pedestal singleness. They're two different callings, two different ways of life that God has for us. But either way, there's no question about it. You are meant to be part of the body of Christ. You're meant to be part of God's community. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's look at the relationships. I'm going to remind you of uh, the triangle, and then I'm going to remind you of um, this diagram that we've looked at where there's sensations, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. So just a little review there. The body facilitates this stuff. The mind manages this stuff. And relationships share. And that's why relationships are so powerful because we share our thoughts. We share what we're perceiving. We share what we are experiencing emotionally. 
And you don't have behaviors in isolation. Those things are being shared. Right now, I could have typed out everything that I've said, maybe. It's really hard for me to do that, but I could have done that, and we could have just sent you an email, and you would have had your weekend back, right? You wouldn't have had to come to the retreat. You could have just read every word that I've already spoken and every word that I'm about to speak. Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we say, hey, come to our virtual retreat where you read a very long, lengthy email with really bad dad jokes? Transformation. Woohoo. Why? Because we needed to get together and we needed to share thoughts. We needed to be in the same room. We needed to work together. Even those of you that are, might be watching the recording, it's, it's getting together with this group and us getting on the same page. God is doing something very unique that's here. And there's a reason why we get together and God starts to move in the context of our relationships. That's what our design is for. That's why he, he did this. So I, I want to go back to Romans chapter 12. If you can open up a Bible or a Bible app, or if you already have this chapter memorized, just close your eyes and think about it. Is there anybody that has it memorized yet? I'm working on it. I got a little bit of it. <clears throat> I'm going to be reading, just in case you care, from the New International Version. Its nickname is the NIV, or if you want, they're the NIV. So let's look at it together. Let me just give you a heads up. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but don't let that scare you. It's just the Bible. And it, it'll, it'll be good, I promise. We, I'm going to pause at certain points, and we're going to just think about it for a second, uh, and then we'll continue on with our conversation. So you'll remember this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's been such a joy to do that with you, to, to engage in worship with you in the room. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm gonna suggest that God's will is that you would love him and let him love you and love others, and let them love you, and love yourself. That is the basics, that's, those are the building blocks of God's will for your life. That is what is good, that is what is pleasing, and some of that may involve a major, some of that may involve a career, some of that may involve different expressive avenues of that, but it will not be less than love. And so a lot of you, right now, we've glamorized knowing God's will, and it's like finding the one. It's like having God miraculously change our major and schedule. And there's a lot of different things that people say that, that God's will is. But it's not as complicated as, as that. It's as simple as having a relationship with God. If you hang out with Jesus, he will let you know. He doesn't play the guessing game. If you don't know something, it's not time. But you can trust him. There's no way that I, I, would have, I would have ran out of my room screaming of when I was 13 if I would have said yes to Jesus and he would have said, someday you're going to be on a stage and you're going to be talking in front of people. 
I'd be like, no, man, see, nope, not going to do it. No, I, I was totally down with this having a relationship with you thing, but now you want me to talk in front of people? Nah, I'll let somebody else do that. But that's what's happening. God's will is happening in my life, and I still don't have a 10-year plan other than obeying God. There's no better strategy than obedience and faithfulness. That's God's will for your life. Enjoy that. So we go back to, to verse 3. For, the, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. I know I see that happening. God is doing that. Some of you have already had that tweak and some of you are experiencing that tweak on another level of you're recognizing that you can see yourself with sober judgment. You don't have to dog on yourself. You don't have to criticize yourself. You can be free with sober judgment. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. One of the joys of this weekend has been seeing you guys treat each other like you belong. I've really enjoyed that. I've seen you guys experience and exhibit that belonging. Because that, even if somebody doesn't believe that God loves them yet, when you guys as a Chi Alpha, as a community, show people that they belong, it creates an opportunity for transformation. But if you snub people because you act like they don't belong, it's painful. Some of you have been wounded in that way. So listen, each member belongs to all the others. I'm left-handed, but you better believe I take care of my right hand. And that's what everybody is. We're, we're, you know, there's different parts. In Corinthians, uh, Paul's other letter, he talks about how can the hand say to the foot, I don't need you. No, we can't do that. Every part of the body matters. Every part belongs. And you're going to see in the coming months that in this group, you're going to start to feel like you are growing in your ability to belong. And then this next thing happens. We have different gifts. This is verse 6. According to the grace, not because we deserve it, but according to his grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Guys, you have these gifts. These gifts are here. And when you use your gifts with each other, man, that's what transformation looks like. That's how we believe that it's possible. I mean, think about it. You are a gift to this group. You're a gift. You need to allow that to get internalized into your mind. You are a gift. If you were not here, when you're not here, we feel that. It feels like having an arm in a sling. And you're, you're still a part, but you're not functioning. Because we all have different parts, but they don't all have the same function. We need you. Some of you, you're leaders, and some of you, you serve like it's nobody's business. And one of the lies, just like God is not good, is that you don't belong. 
And the other lie is that you don't have a gift, that this group doesn't need you, that it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to miss you if you don't show up, but we need your gift. This ministry will never be all that it can be without your gift. That gift in relationships is amazing. And you know what? Some people in this room might get on your nerves. But as you start to love them, you're going to start to miss them when they're not here. It's, that's when you know that you're really functioning as the body of Christ. Because you know what? Like I told you, I didn't really like my nose. Now I love my nose. The, 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 the silliest, and I'm one of like, it's just like those moments of like, man, that's dumb was like, I, when me and my wife got engaged, yes, I asked her and she said yes, and I didn't pay her any money. It was all of her own accord. She said, yes, I will marry you. She told me that one of the things she really liked about me was my nose. I was like, quit playing, girl. She's like, no, you have a very strong nose. I'm like, I do have a strong nose. Thank you very much. And I can smell things. <laughs> very good at smelling. Sniffer. Verse 9 says this, love must be sincere. It's not saying it's optional. If, if you're going to be transformed, if we're going to be this community, if we're going to have a healthy relationship, we need to have sincere love. So many people are trying to sell you something. But love doesn't have that. This is a real love. And when you are using your gift, you're loving, you're expressing that love. It's a gift. You are a gift to us. This is harder for me to say, but I'm a gift to you. It still feels a little weird in my stomach, like, because I still struggle with loving myself. But if this scripture is true, then I have to believe that. I have to believe that I'm a gift to you and you're a gift to me. You know, it's like, it's like one of those gift exchanges where you have to buy something for somebody for $5 and you're like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. But you know somebody else has your name and somebody else is going to buy you one. But what if you bought one for somebody else and then it's like, okay, we're done. You're like, wait, wait. But you don't want to be conceited, so you're just like, I don't know what happened. Like, what if in the gift exchange, nobody got you anything? That's what you do when you isolate yourself from the body of Christ. Somebody else is giving you their gift, but you're not giving them theirs. And that gift is you. Is that hard to take? Maybe you're like me, and it just feels weird. It feels like, oh, well, let's keep reading. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. We live in a culture that clings to what is evil and hates what is good. And that's when you know that you're struggling in your transformation process. Can you hate well? Do you hate the right things? I'm not saying you should hate everything, but there are some things that are evil that you should hate. The Bible's giving you permission to hate those things. Notice, it doesn't say hate who is evil. It's not talking about a person. Talking about a problem. Even Satan. 
You don't have to let, it's what is evil. Hate those things that are going to keep you from using your gift, from expressing your love. Those are things. The things that are sinful hurt you and hurt the people that you interact with. As a father, I realize that, that I'm not just giving my kids rules so that I'll have my way. I'm giving them rules because I want what's best for them. And it still feels, I still feel weird saying that because I'm like, yeah, that's a very dad thing to say. But that's a very God thing to do because there's a, there's a reason there. Can you hate what is evil? When you find yourself loving what is evil, get in the presence of God quick. As soon as you can, get in God's presence, get in community, talk to one of your leaders, talk to your friends, and be like, I find myself loving what is evil because early intervention is best. We want to cling to what, hold tight, grab on to what is good, and God is the good. God is the good. In James chapter 1, it says that every good gift comes from him. He's the father of heavenly lights. He doesn't change. So you can ask for the good God and good things. I don't want anything that God doesn't give me. I don't want a vehicle. I don't want money. I don't want a relationship. I don't want anything that God doesn't give me. I don't want to force those things. It all comes from him. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. It's talking about honor one another. It's not saying that someone is more valuable than you. It's just saying honor one another. Honor these other people. This is the community that God is building here. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. See, get this picture of this community, of what these relationships look like. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's one way to know that you're transformed, that God is doing his work in you. Somebody messes with you and you bless them. Can you do that? If you can't do that, no shade, no shame. Just allow him to take those other transformation steps in you. There's, he needs to do some work in you. It's okay. He needs to do it in me. I would like to key people's car. I'd like to throw eggs on them. I'd like to let air out of people's tires. I know I look like a pretty chill guy, but I struggle with anger and aggression, and I snap. I mean, not right now. Don't be afraid. Fear not. But I've had to let the Lord do this work in me because I'm susceptible to road rage. And it's weird. I'm like, where does that come from? Flipping crazy. But that's, this, God's word is like a mirror. It shows us what's there. Are you cursing those who persecute you instead of blessing? And that gives you an opportunity to give that to the Lord. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. We'll talk about that in a second. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Not low value, Low position. Every groundskeeper, custodian, whatever, I mean, this person who gave me my drink this morning, the person who checks me out, I'm not saying, I mean, just all these things, whatever the class system is, it's low position, not value, because all of us matter, everybody belongs. 
low position. Even you might, you might say, well, I, 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 it doesn't matter if I go. I'm not on staff. Okay, I'll give you, okay, maybe it's a low position. You still matter. You still matter. Maybe you're a pinky toe. Pinky toes matter. I'm telling you, if you ever stub your pinky toe, it hurts. It has a purpose. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. There's a lot there, and you can study that later. But verse 21 says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the biggest principle that we're walking out. His transformation is going to be that, is we're going to the good. It's not evil. We're not wishing evil on those that have hurt us. Because this is, it's all talking about relationships. It's talking about where we are. And, and God is going to give you, over the, in the near future, God's going to give you opportunity to start to share. And so I want to talk to you about uh, healthy, honest, and open sharing. Um, and this is, you can disagree with me on this, but I just, I want, I want to help you understand that if we're going to have this community that Paul is talking about, if we're going to be a community of everybody's walking out their transformation, everybody belongs. We're all gifting each other. I mean, imagine that. If every time we got together, you were bringing a gift to each other. Get that in your mind. That's what this is. That's what I see. You matter. You belong here. And when you share something about your life, it is a gift. It's an expression of that gift. And I want to encourage you, we always want to share with 100% honesty. Okay? We always want to share with 100% honesty. What I find in counseling and coaching and in the church work that I do with different ministries, is that people, it's not that they, they sh- sometimes if you're lying, yes, that's not healthy. That's gonna, it's not, it's gonna mess with your community. But it's not that people have problems with honesty. People have problems knowing how open to be. And so they're either too vague or they give TMI. That stands for too much information. So like somebody will be like, yeah, I messed up. We were at this location. This is what we did. It was actually really good, but it was bad. I felt good, but it was, oh my goodness, yes. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) We ate Brahms, and it was a triple scoop. I'm like, oh, okay. But, But this is what's important. In our communities, we need to learn how to share at the right level of openness. Okay, the right level of openness, because when you share too much, it might not be God's timing for you to share all of that. So that's one. And then it also, it, it, may, it may have some sort of emotional backlash on you, because you're sharing your life. And if you're looking for a particular response, then it can cause more pain. And then sometimes, if you're sharing things that have to do with sin struggles, you can activate certain things in other people's minds that are triggers for them, and now something happens with them. 
And so this is something we have to work out in our small groups of being able to learn how to be 100% honest and appropriately open. When I first started sharing my story, I just said that I was abused. And it was, it was true. Because I used a general term of abuse. And that was the healthiest way for many, many years for me to share my story. I didn't share. And then later on, it became, the Lord would give me grace and he would say, I want you to say that you've been sexually abused. That was important for me to make that clear. And so I went another level of openness. And then I was able to say, uh, whenever I was ready and walking through my healing process, I was able to say I was sexually abused by a male. Then it was sexually abused by a male family member. And so I'm moving up there, but it was, it was appropriate because it was God's timing for me. And that's, I think that's what holds us back from sharing in our small groups sometimes is, is we feel like we need to share all of it. We need to say exact. Notice, I didn't tell you what was actually done. I'm not, none of that detail is helpful. It's not healthy. It's too much information. I mean, even what I'm saying, what I just said, might be too much information for some people. But it has the greatest potential for God to do his good work with you. So if, if me saying that allows you to be able to verbalize that, that's why I share it. But here's the cool thing. When I'm sharing that with you, it also gives me another level of healing. I'm not doing it for the healing because that's what I do go to counseling for. I'm doing it because I'm just giving it fr freely. I'm generously giving you my story. I want you to have 100% honesty from a human being. I want to model what I teach. But I'm doing it in an appropriately open way. And our groups would change if we learned how to do that. And you're going to mess up. You're going to give too much. And sometimes you're not going to give enough. But if you have, to, if you have doubts, better to give a little bit too little and then go back, hey, last week, I know I told you this, but honestly, at 100%, I need to tell you this. But even if in small group you said, hey, guys, I just want you to know today was a bad day. I was struggling. Please pray for me. That's a big step. What are you struggling with? Well, I'm not ready to talk about that. Oh, it's cool. We honor that. That's all right. You know, because what do we, we think? Oh, they're going to think that I, you know, killed somebody or you know, something really bad. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, they have other things to think about after that. They might try and figure out, well, what was it? Huh? Did they steal something? Those shoes do look nice. I didn't think they could afford them, but maybe. No, no, no. Yeah, people are going to think whatever they want, but it's your small group. They love you. They're trying to give gifts. We're just trying to be gifts to each other. It's a wonderful thing. And so I just want to encourage you with that. This can save you a lot of pain on both sides, on the sharing side and on the receiving of what people are sharing. I can't tell you how many guys groups I've been in where guys share too much information and it was hard for me to get it out of my head. And I realized, wow, it's really healthy to share, but that it wasn't helpful because they went in too much detail. And so I'm over here being tempted to YouTube the same video. And I didn't even know about the video in the first place. But now, homeboy said, I will watch this video. 
And I felt really bad afterward. I'm like, now I want to watch it and feel really bad too. <laughs> but that's not helpful. It's not healthy. And so now we want to do no harm. We want to be healthy. We want to be helpful. And that's what relationships are for. So these are three things that I want to suggest in your communities to focus on. Connecting. What is it that gives you that sense of connection with another human being? This is super important. The other thing that tells you that you're connected or that you're close to somebody in real relationship is do you go to them to celebrate? Can you go to them? The Bible said just now, we saw there in, in verse 15, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Do you have people, can you go to your group and can you practice sharing something good? This is a better place to start. It's easier to share something to celebrate than something to get comforted for. So start there. And it feels like you're going on a limb and you're sharing and you're sharing honestly and you're sharing openly at an appropriate level and you're like, hey, I got a quarter raise. Yeah, celebrate. That's awesome. We need to build that into our culture. It's right there, rejoice with those who rejoice. And if when somebody shares something good and you cannot celebrate and you're mourning with somebody who's rejoicing, then you need some more transformation. Because that's our heart. Is, when we're connected, your victory is my victory. Your pain is my pain. But when I get happy, when you're in pain, something's off here. i got to work on myself. When I'm celebrating your pain. Or... When you're having a good thing, and I'm like, what? God blesses him? God blesses her? Man, I know what they did. Why would God be doing that? I don't know why I get an attitude when I do that. I, I, I do talk that way sometimes, but it's usually to my kids. It, what? You just... But you have to practice this. Those are two important skills, okay? And so notice, notice when you're sharing in that way and then notice when you're receiving in that way. And a lot of that stuff in Romans 12, there are things that we can use to check our transformation process. And yeah, it's not all inclusive, but if you walk through that whole chapter regularly and ask yourself how you're doing that way, because it's saying, hey, if you're transformed by the renewing of the mind, you're going to know God's will, and then boom, he just talks about it. This is God's will. We should be practicing hospitality. What? Who does that? You guys did it. You've been doing it here. You've been great hosts to me. You're welcome. I mean, thank you. <laughs> I was thinking I was a gift for a second. Um, but there, there it is. So this, this, um, this love model that I wanted to show you, um, it might be a little small, um, but you guys, you guys can um, see it in the PDF, because I'll just tell you what it is as we go through it. This is something that uh, God gave me back in, um, in 2015, as I was trying to think of how could I walk people through this process, because again, when we're in small groups or when we're walking down the street and we have this interaction with somebody, how can we help somebody? What do we, what, how do we, what do we think about and so I just put the ABC model side by side with the word love. And again, you already know this. I'm very, I like memory aids because writing things down is not my strong suit. So when you have dyslexia, memory aids are your best friend. 
And so I'm just giving you the way that I memorize it. And if, if you don't like it this way, then just change the words, go to your thesaurus, and make it not have any aid to it, and then memorize eight things and see how that works for you. <laughs> that was a little facetious, a little harsh. I'm sorry. I don't really mean it that way. You know, I, you know I got love for you. Let's walk through it. So when someone's sharing with you, listen to their story and perspective. A lot of us want to go into Bible time. I don't know if you noticed this, but I love the Bible. It is a great book. But you need to be listening and learning first. And so that's the next one. Learn about who and how they are in that moment. You're focusing on activators and beliefs at that point. You're trying to map these things out. That doesn't mean you're not going to notice other things, but those are primarily what you're focusing on. What is going on? Who are they? What's their story? What's happening here? Man, it helps so much. What you're doing is it's like you're disconnected, and when you do that, you start to connect there. When you listen and you're learning. There's so many times that people give us gifts, and I remember one time, Children's Church is like the kids' service that they do uh, at churches, um, and I don't know if they call it that anymore, but when I was little, that you went to children's church. So your parents went to big church, and you went to little church. And uh, one time, I was in children's church, and I drew this picture. And again, I was an aspiring, budding artist at the time. And I, I drew this picture, and the children's pastor said, wow, it's such a beautiful picture. And he gave it away as a prize, to the most beautiful girl in children's church. I was like, dang. I didn't say dang back then. It was like, what? And and I was so excited that she had my picture. And I was thinking, oh, man, she's going to put it on her wall, and she's probably going to tell it goodnight. I mean, it was this beautiful picture that I, as a 10-year-old, had drawn. And um, the service was over. Everybody was leaving, you know, you, you, you're, you, the, the kids just got released back in the day. You know, we didn't have, like, protective strategies or anything. It was like, kids be gone. <laughs> and so the kids just go out, and I realize that the, the paint, the work of art, it wasn't painting, it was, it was just a work of art that I had drawn was on the chair. And I said, <gasps> she forgot. And I got it, and I ran after her. And it was like this, this very inspirational music. If you've ever heard Chariots of Fire, but it's like, do, 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 or something like that. <clears throat> and I run and I tell her, hey, I won't tell you her name because Cindy might be offended. I said, Cindy, you forgot. You forgot this. And she says, oh, yeah, I didn't want it. Talk about disconnection and heartbreak. And I just, I got it and I crumbled it up and I threw it in the trash. Wow, I'm feeling kind of emotional about that. (laughs) This is a big deal. She didn't love me well. She could have at least had the decency to say, oh, thank you, and then used it on the floorboard to clean the mud off of her feet or something and throw it away later but the audacity to say that to me. Guys, 
when people share with you, there's so many times that you are already in your mind telling yourself, I'm not going to remember that, so why should I learn it? I'm not going to remember that. Oh, I can't remember that. Sometimes you meet new people, and you're just like, I'm not going to remember their name anyway. And as soon as you do that, your brain doesn't store it. You know, it's like when you buy something and you get the receipt, you're not going to keep the receipt. You know, sometimes I feel bad for the cashier and they say, do you, would you like your receipt or do you want me to throw it away? And I'm like, I don't want you to think that I don't value your paper. So I'm like, I'll just take it here. And I get it because I feel bad for them. And I take it. And as I'm walking out, I look over my shoulder. And when she or he is looking away, I throw it in the trash as I get into my ride. Watch me whip, you know? So it's, it's just, I feel that way. I don't know why. There's a lot of weird things about me. But that's what we do. You're, not even, you're taking it, but you don't plan on holding it for very long. And our communities, this is what I'm saying, it's not just about your transformation. It's about this community being transformed. And God is doing something incredible. This is going to change your whole campus. Not because Peter Pignon came here, but because Jesus, the transformer, the healer, is in the house. And he's in our midst. And when you start to meet somebody, you're like, oh, all right, Beauregard, nice to meet you. What's your last name? Knickerbocker? Oh, that's interesting. Are you of the Beauregard Knickerbockers that are on, the streets are named after? This is great. It's nice to meet you. Beauregard, Knickerbocker? This is great. Welcome. Those are the names of two streets that I saw. I was lost for a while. <laughs> I was like, Beauregard. And then I ran into Knickerbocker eventually. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to save those for a dumb joke. <laughs> was that dumb on a scale of one to dumb? How was that? That was pretty dumb. Good. <clears throat> it's the last session, guys. I'm about to drive home. You can't fire me now. Here I am. Coming in for a landing. So this is what listening and learning does because we can feel it. Your brain knows when someone's actually listening. Because when somebody's on their phone and you're talking, you think that's the only time that they can feel like you're not really listening and learning. But we can feel it other ways too. Some of you are very perceptive. It's very hard for God to be communicating love to somebody and us contradict it with our behavior. So when you listen and you learn, oh, it's good, it's powerful. Oh, observe their emotions and behaviors. That just gives you something to focus on other than yourself. So many times we start thinking, we get in our heads, and I'm not, I'm not ragging on you, this, I'm testifying, this is me. I do the same thing. I start thinking about, oh, what if I don't have the right thing to say next, or where am I gonna go, what's gonna happen here, okay? but just focus on them. What's going on? What are they feeling? What are they doing? What's happening there? And then, obviously, the other, oh, obey the Holy Spirit, in parentheses, and the law. So as you're loving somebody, as you're walking with somebody, God may lead you in a particular direction. So I want you to be sensitive and attentive to that. And as you're listening, you're learning, you're observing, and you're obeying, that's very important. Don't do something that's against the law. It might not be in the Bible, but don't, I'm just a rule of thumb there. 
And you're, you're, you start noticing those consequences of the sea of what we had talked about earlier. You can go back and look at that chart later. Then you move to validating feelings and emotions. Okay? You're validating. You're, notice, we're not even encouraging yet. You can see down there, encouraging is coming, but you're not encouraging yet. You're just validating the emotion of what they're sharing. They're like, oh. Sometimes you can validate just with your own behavior. You're just, you're, you're validating and that you're showing that you understand that you get it. Man, and that keeps somebody connected and you're communicating value to them when you do that. Then you validate healthy or truthful and helpful thinking. So if, if they're like, you know, I was, I'm really, uh, I just feel like God is calling me and there's this, he's, I'm just drawing, he's just drawing me near. And when I was watching The Lord of the Rings, you know, I realized that God made that movie for me. <laughs> and it just gets weird at a certain point. And so it's like, no, God is calling you. God loves you. I'm, I'm tracking. And then you're like, so, so you're not going to validate, yes, Lord of the Rings was made just for you. I don't know. That's a, it may be. It's possible. God can do that. There is nothing impossible, Scroggins. He may have done it for you. <laughs> I should have quoted, I should have put that line in quotes. But you, you just, you validate what is true and helpful. You're like, no, God does love you. I know that for sure. And leave the Lord of the Rings thing alone. Because you don't want to argue in that moment. Just love them. Then you can encourage some, then, then you encourage, okay? Encourage, you're, you're encouraging. You're not challenging them in a critical way, you're using the same thought challenging stuff that you've already done in your own mind, and now you're encouraging them with truthful and helpful thinking. Maybe a verse, maybe something God is doing in you, maybe something God has communicated to you, and you share that with them. And then, if there is healthy and helpful behaviors, you might encourage them. You know what? I just encourage you to keep on praying. I know sometimes we don't feel like God is listening, but he, he listens. He loves you, and that's when you encourage. But think about it. So many times, instead of listening and learning first, we go straight to encouragement. And again, if the Holy Spirit leads you at O to do it, skip to encouragement. That's why it's kind of like that wild card of like, if the Holy Spirit says, jump to encouragement, forget whatever Peter said, for sure. But if not, walk through a process. And just walk the journey with them. And then finally, this is just important, that if for some reason they need another level of care, you might make a referral. And so that referral, specifically I'm talking about when you need to, you need to ensure it, is when it needs to be to a mental or medical professional. Okay, But it might, it, it, for other situations, it might be to a leader, it might be to a pastor, it might be to a teacher, there might be another place to go. And so I just want you to know that you don't have to carry the weight by yourself. As you start loving people, people are going to have heavier things than you can handle. And so you need to be able to, um, to allow them to know that there is other help out there. You can support them. You, can, you might still continue to love them, go through the process with them as you refer them. Hey, how was that counseling session? Hey, how was that doctor's appointment? Hey, how was that meeting with the pastor? Tell me about that. And again, now you're listening and you're learning again. Oh, okay. And you just walk through it. And again, it's just a framework. It doesn't have to be exactly like this. But this is what I do 
This is, this is a summary of how I love people to the best of my ability. And yes, it's cheesy, but you can remember it. After you review it a few times, it'll be second nature to you like it is to me to love people well. And again, it can't be fake. Love must be sincere. So just because I do this, even though you know this now, you might be, uh-oh, he's listening and learning right now. Yes, I am, because I love you. Because I love you. I'm gifting you because you're gifting me. The honor is mine. I'm honoring you above myself. It's an honor for me to come speak, but it's an honor, in my opinion, that's even greater that you would give me your attention. Because your attention is a gift to me, and I don't take that lightly. So I'm going to ask my team to come up here. Do you hear that? My team. The worship team to come up. Can I say my team now? This is session three, right? My team. My team. Guys, God is transforming his people. If you will let him, we will never be the same. The only limits are the ones that we put on ourselves. We're not limited by the trauma. We're not limited by the lack of trust in people. We can allow God to do something great in us. If you believe that, stand up and let me pray for you. And if you're sitting down, I still love you, and you might need to just raise a hand. If, if your feet hurt or if you can't stand up, just respond in whatever way feels comfortable. But this is just a moment for us to get together and connect and say God is doing something in our midst and we're united with each other. And so we are together in unity and God is working in us. Let me pray. Lord, I pray right now that you would gift us with your presence. Lord, as we sing, as we connect with you, to conclude this time, but not necessarily to conclude our transformation process, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in us. We thank you for how you are growing us in our journey with you and with each other. Lord, help us to be open to what God is doing, to what you are doing in us and to what we are doing together. Help us to see ourselves as gifts we thank you so much for that. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.